everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wake Up and Grow. I am your host, Natalie Bittinger, and today's episode is titled Wrestling with God. And the passage is kind of a long one, so I think let's go ahead and start with that. It is in Genesis. Chapter 32, verses 22 through 32. All right, let's go ahead. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his eleven sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent all over his possessions. He sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he could not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? the man asked, and he replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. So I'm going to be revisiting verses within this passage, so go ahead and keep your Bibles open to that area. Um, but today, I wanted to... I wanted to cover this idea of wrestling with God, and specifically God's will for us, and how sometimes we, you know, we get answers to questions we have that we don't necessarily like, because um, I think, I think that's something that we tend to sweep under the rug and not talk about because we're maybe ashamed of the fact that we don't agree with what God has for us or that we're we're wrestling with it you know maybe we think we're less of a Christian because of that and that's that's why I wanted to cover this topic also just a random side note I'm testing out a new mic this episode so if it sounds weird let me know and I will not use this mic again. But anyways. Obviously, 
none of us have physically fought with God as Jacob did here. Um, but you've probably been in a physical fight with someone if you ever went to high school. Um, I have been in a one-sided fight as in like I, I didn't retaliate <laughs> in part because I was so surprised by the fact that the fight was going on. So short, long story short, my freshman year of high school, I was headed to my locker to grab my lunchbox to go to lunch, right? And I, I have the, I have the tendency to sometimes just like space out while I'm walking. And so that kind of happened. Like I just get, I just get lost in my own thoughts. And so that kind of happened. And the next thing I know, this senior guy, like, <laughs> does that, that move where you, like a palm strike, basically, to the side of my chin. And I didn't even know this dude. Like, I didn't recognize him as being in any of my classes. I, just, I knew he was a senior just because of, like, I think it was the, the year that was, like, he was wearing a class of whatever that year was. T-shirt. Like, he was going to graduate that year. And I was so, I was so shocked and surprised by what had happened that I just kind of stood there as he walked away, laughing. Um, but yeah, that's my high school fight story of no retaliation, which was probably a good thing as he was a good few inches taller than I was and I'm pretty tall. So anyway. Along with that, I've seen my fair share of high school fights, you know, and obviously the fictional ones in action movies. I'm, I would consider myself an adrenaline junkie in that I love watching action movies and um, the fight scenes in those, especially when they're coordinated and practiced well. And I also happen to know a few competitive wrestlers from my high school career. And I know from being close with them and in classes with them and then talking about it. That obviously they have to train their bodies for these matches. Um, and when they go to the matches, their opponent is going to be as close to their height and weight as possible um, so that the match is fair. However, in real life situations, sometimes our opponents come out of nowhere, like that senior who gave me the <laughs> a palm strike to the side of my chin, and are often bigger, faster, and stronger than we are. And now that that opponent doesn't necessarily have to be a person, it could be just a problem that we face. And sometimes they can these problems, they seem to come out of nowhere and just kind of erupt into our, our lives. And we suddenly have no idea how to face or handle them because of how sudden they are and possibly because of how big they seem to us. And yes, sometimes that problem can be a person when the devil uses someone else to come up against us or cause us trouble. Now, when I say a problem, I'm not labeling God as a problem. He is not. 
he's also not an obstacle or an opponent to us. But there are times in our lives when we may feel that way because what we think he wants us to do or what we think he is causing to happen to us in our perspective may seem against us or not for our benefit or good. If you feel as if you're wrestling with God, if you feel as if um, you're fighting against God about something in your life, I have learned that maybe it's a sign that you're trying to enforce your selfish and sinful will upon God's perfect and pure will. We sometimes think that we know best. Even when we don't know or have all of the pieces in terms of knowledge as to what situation we're facing, as to what the future holds, and all of this. In Ephesians chapter 2, Verses 1 through 3, Paul says this. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in your hearts. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Our natural desires, the desires of our flesh, of our unsaved, carnal beings, our, our very deep desires, are not desires of God. They are desires of sin, and those are often fueled by being in the world and, and all of that. We, we know this. We This is something that's talked about quite often in church. And sometimes, without us really realizing it, we can allow those desires to um, our, our selfish desires, our sinful desires, and will to come in conflict with God's will in our lives. And when we face that conflict, our brains, I've mentioned this before, but like there's a, our brains do not like conflict. Our brains do not like stress. Our brains do not like con conflict, like I said. And so when there is that conflict, we try to fix it. And in this situation, 
that's trying to fix it might be trying to enforce our way, our desires above God's. If we skip over to chapter 4 of Ephesians still, verse 22, Paul says that we should throw off our old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, I'll read 23 and 24 as well. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and desires, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. This, this new nature is when we allow God's desires, His will, and His way to take power over ours. And when we actively seek that power, that will, or that, that will, his way, and his desires. And in our text today, Jacob is wrestling with God about how to move forward in his journey, which is back to his homeland. Um, in previous chapters, I think it's, I think it's chapter 31. 30 and 31, I believe, is when readers are told that Jacob is about to go and meet his brother Esau. And prior to this, Jacob has been accused and mistreated by his father-in-law. And so he's, he's trying to just get away. <laughs> and he knows that God is wanting him to return, to return to his homeland. But Jacob is in turmoil because Esau, his brother, is there, whom, if you remember, Jacob tricked into giving his birthright to him. Jacob tricked Esau into giving him his birthright. And so Jacob was very afraid of Esau because Esau had remained angry all these years. And it doesn't help that Jacob learns that Esau is coming to meet him halfway, but with about 400 men with him. <laughs> so naturally, Jacob's afraid, worried for himself and his family and uh, his servants and all those that are traveling with him. So he decides to solve this issue by splitting up his camp and his fortunes, um, and he sends portions of his uh, valuables ahead of himself as gifts to appease Esau before he himself meets him. And we see this in chapter 32 of Genesis verses 6 through 8, I believe. Yeah, verses 6 through 8. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you, with an army of four hundred men. Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household, along with the flocks and herds and camels, 
into two groups. He thought, if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. And then down in verse 17 and 18. It talks about him giving his, his herds and his animals as gifts to Esau. And then later on in this chapter, the, the portion I read at the beginning, verses 22 through 32, is where Jacob is heading that way. And when he gets to the river Jabbok, he sends his wives, his servants, and his kids to the other side ahead of himself, along with all of his possessions and all that. And he stays on the other side. This isolation is the beginning of Jacob's wrestling with God. I have found it to be true, and not just in my life, but in observing others, that within isolation and silence, this is when we are forced to address our fears our thoughts and our anxieties and anything that is often tuned out by the hustle and bustle of life. And, and Jacob is forced to face that here. This silence and isolation also allows Jacob to listen to God's voice without distraction and disturbance of the other people and his things that he just sent across the river. And same goes for us you know we're when we remove ourselves from the hustle and bustle of life we are able to address our fears anxieties and the questions we have without distraction this can be this is an amazing thing you know we are so in a day and age in which every moment is filled with noise we need to step back and this isn't just coming from an introvert who <laughs> emotionally needs to do that. But as a people in general, we need to take a step back, allow ourselves to be in silence and address these things. This will allow God to speak to us and allow us to hear him. But within that, sometimes we get an answer that we don't like or want even if it's the right one. And if this is the case, we might be inclined to argue with God about his solution for our problem. Again, as I mentioned at the top of this, thinking that we know best. I'm not 100% certain if that's what was happening here with Jacob. It doesn't specifically say. It's not explicit about why or what he was wrestling with God over or with. 
But nonetheless, we can learn from this wrestling match that he had with God. Again, there's very little that we know about the match itself, this wrestling, except for the fact that it lasts a very long time. It lasts until the dawn of the next day. It's a very long, he's wrestling all night with God. And sometimes our wrestling with God can seem to last forever. And I think the reason why is because God isn't willing to give up on us, which I'm very thankful for. <laughs> um, and sometimes we don't want to let go of that bone. We don't want to let go of our opinion, our personal conviction and feeling about whatever solution God has come up with. And so we're in this tug of war, per se. And neither side is willing to give up. And I think sometimes in our lives, it takes those long nights, those long sleepless nights, and the consequences of that, of us trying to go our own way to get our attention. When I was doing research about this section of scripture, it was kind of pointed out that God wrestled with Jacob until God realized Jacob wasn't going to give in. He was not to let go of this. And so God ends the match, kind of, by dislocating Jacob's hip. And this this gets the fighting to stop, and J but Jacob is still holding on. You'll see that. And so Jacob's still not willing to let go. But this dislocation of his hip, it permanently changes Jacob's life in a negative way. He limps for the rest of his life. As far as I'm aware, I, I don't see it anywhere else in the Bible. His hip is never put back into place and never healed fully. But in this, Jacob is also blessed by God directly. God changes Jacob's name to Israel. You know, it, when Jacob was holding on, even after God dislocated his hip, the wrestling was done, but Jacob was still holding on. Jacob refused to leave that situation without being blessed by God. And so that's what God does. He changes Jacob's name first, though, to Israel, which is translated to mean he wrestles with God or God wrestles or God rules, depending on the translation. In in our lives, our sinful and selfish actions result in consequences that negatively impact us for the rest of our lives, such as Jacob's dislocated hip. And this isn't because God was mean or evil, this is just the consequence of our actions. But then, as God has given rain to the situation in our lives, we can then expect 
to receive blessings from him as long as we are obedient and following him. Sarah M. Koenig, um, who did a commentary on this chapter, she's a professor of biblical studies over in Seattle, Washington. She, she really summed it up well, I think. And she said, Certainly we all experience times when we feel as if we are wrestling with God. And many of us are marked by the wounds we have sustained from our struggles. This text reminds us that God is wrestling with us and we grow in that process. If you ever feel as if you're wrestling with God, remind yourself that first he is all he always knows what's best for us and he cares. but also that this is a moment for us to grow and change spiritually. I want to thank you again for listening and remind you that Wake Up and Grow releases bi-weekly. That's every other Monday. And I encourage you to go give Wake Up and Grow on follow, a follow on Instagram at WUG Podcast, that's spelled W-U-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Again, I'm Natalie Bittinger, and this has been Wake Up and Grow.